Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about social media, especially we uh, take the topic about data, how we can use data. And I'm excited to discuss this topic with Thomas Kramer. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a big pleasure. Um, I check out your profile on LinkedIn. You have extended experience with this topic. And before we start, just tell a little bit about yourself, your background, experience, and why you decided to take this topic. Sure. Um, yeah. So a little bit about me. Um, I've been working in digital media for about the last 10 years. So I got started doing paid media, basically buying YouTube ads for uh, a number of Fortune 500 companies at an agency. Um, I got a little bit tired of paid media because it's very you know, transactional. I felt like it, mm -hmm. it didn't really add a lot of value to audiences and stuff. And I, I got very interested in growing uh, YouTube channels specifically organically. Um, so I began working with a few YouTube talents um, myself and ultimately got a job at uh, one of the large YouTube MCNs at the time, Maker Studios. Um, so that was great. I got an opportunity to work with some of the top YouTubers in the world like PewDiePie and um, Markiplier and, and others like that and um, look at their data and try and see like, okay, what are they doing by the numbers that's helping affect audience growth and then talk to other creators and help them grow using those same insights. Um, that company, Maker Studios, was then purchased by Disney and I was able to do similar work with you know, some of the largest Disney brands like you know, Marvel and Disney Animation and Disney Parks and, and you know, look at like, okay, how can we take things that have been successful for individual creators and apply them to branded work and build like an always on brand presence for those. Um, so that was really exciting. Um, what that experience taught me was that the technology solutions for the types of problems that we're running into were basically non-existent. And um, I partnered up with, with my business partner, James Creech, um, who also worked at a YouTube talent network at the time, um, and our, our third co-founder and, and founded a company called Paladin, which basically we built a whole suite of uh, influencer marketing tools. Um, and a lot of those tools are really based around data. Like how do you find the best talent to work with to promote you know, your product or, or marketing campaign? How do you track performance of their posts and such? Um, and that company actually just recently exited. It sold to um, Brandwatch, which is a, you know, a very large um, marketing technology company. They own you know, Brandwatch and Falcon IO and a number of other like really popular marketing suites. So Paladin's going to, you know, add influencer marketing capabilities to their company, which is super exciting. Um, and, you know, I really enjoyed working in technology. I, um, you know, most of my clientele in that technology space is really influencer marketing agencies or, you know, sometimes individual brands, but we never really had anything that served publishers or content creators. And I really was hungry to build technology that served people who are making, you know, actual content. Um, and that was really the inception of our, our new company, Measure Studio. So it's, it's basically technology geared around um, centralizing your social media data <clears throat> and telling you what content's working and what's not working. Um, so it's really easy for creators of any size or companies of any size to say, um, you know, analyze data in a really sophisticated way 
so they can make better content. So, you know, really my whole career has been geared around how do we grow people or brands on social media? Um, so it's, it's really been kind of a, a 360 uh, view of that entire industry. Um, so it's, it's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Good experience. You know, you mentioned about PewDiePie, uh, you know, uh, I remember when I started learn about him, uh, that was interesting that, uh, he couldn't get, uh, first, uh, uh, I don't remember exactly the number. It's like, uh, mm -hmm. 285 subscribers he got after filming a hundred videos. You know, uh, it's interesting because most content creators don't film the second video, you know, because they can't get results from the first one. Uh, and yeah, we can learn from PewDiePie, Mr. Beast. Uh, actually, Mr. Beast got uh, first thousand subscribers after uh, a year and a half. Yeah, uh, it took a long time. Now, yes. can you tell more about patience uh, on social media? Why uh, great content creators uh, like PewDiePie, Mr. Beast and many others? Uh, have it you know they uh, are willing to wait but others for example if they learn data uh, i don't know uh, if i take data that uh, video works well on social media and can get results and give up uh, can you tell more <laughs> how, how yeah. to learn that something is wrong and how to go ahead with that yeah it's um it's a little counterintuitive right because you know lots of things in life we are encouraged to fail fast and move on um, but social media, especially early in the life of, you know, whatever account or channel you're trying to promote, um, can be pretty slow growth. Um, you know, you're competing against all of the top content creators of the world. Why is somebody going to watch you? Um, so part of that is it's just a numbers game. Like you have to create many pieces of content to get the opportunity for that content to be seen. Um, you know, you may have a great piece of content and may be optimized very well. You may have published it at the right time. You may have identified a great, uh, you know, gap in the available content out there. Maybe you found uh, my wife, for example, she has a YouTube channel that educates hairstylists on like a few specific lines of hair color. And there are thousands and thousands of hairstylists who use this line of color really interested in getting a free resource to learn more about that. So it's like very specialized. Um, so, you know, you may have found a really specialized niche, but even if you have all those things going for you, you can publish that perfect piece of content and have it go nowhere. And the only way that you're going to have opportunities to rank well in algorithms or be seen in news feeds is if you keep trying. Um, so it's, it's really two things. It's like, you have to have all of those things lined up correctly, but you also have to put in the work and do it over and over and over. Um, you know, my wife's account, she, she's kind of got, you know, a, a good, decent following on YouTube. Now she's about 50,000 subscribers. Um, it's more of a hobby for her. You know, she only makes, you know, five or 10 videos a year. If that even less now that, that we just had our first baby, um, and some of those videos get a few thousand views and some of those videos have half a million views or, you know, close to a million views. Um, so it's, you know, the, the performance can be so all over the place too. And I think that's what, you know, you, if you look, you mentioned Mr. Beast as a creator, he really tried a lot of things and looked at the numbers and, you know, evaluated what types of things were working for his account, what types of things weren't working and distilled that into, you know, okay, now I have the format for things that are working. It's 
you know, these kind of large bombastic productions that he's investing a ton of time and energy, in some cases, money into, um, and publishing those, you know, over and over and giving himself like opportunities to rapidly climb, climb the popularity ladder. Um, so yeah, people can't give up, but they also have to be smart and, um, you know, learn from every piece of content they create. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And, uh, uh I think, um, you know, uh, the number one reason why you uh, can't give up if you love what you do. For example, <laughs> it's interesting yes. that, uh, yeah, you mentioned that your wife, uh, uh, she posts content on Instagram. It's the same with my wife. You know, <laughs> she likes Instagram. She doesn't like LinkedIn, Twitter, or any other places, Facebook. My mm -hmm. 11 years old son, uh, he posts content on TikTok and he loves to do it. You know, yeah. why not? Yeah. Uh, uh, can you tell how to choose uh, the right social media? Uh, because, for mm -hmm. example, uh, when um, I started to create content for LinkedIn, uh, I spent some time to learn many studies uh, where I need to pay more attention. And most of them proclaim that you need to find where your audience is. You know, uh, I a little bit disagree with that because, uh, for example, if I dislike Pinterest, how I can go ahead even learning about Pinterest if I uh, don't like this social media, you know, uh, I think it's better to enjoy your time, you know, if you enjoy creating yeah. content, engaging with others, you can find your audience everywhere. It doesn't matter. Even on TikTok, you can find for B2B, on LinkedIn, you can find for B2C because you don't need to limit yourself with some standards that people are thinking about that. Can you share more about? Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think creating content should be mentally healthy. And if you're not enjoying it and you don't like the types of things you're creating or the place that you're creating, you shouldn't. I mean, life is too short. Um, so that's, you know, number one. I also agree, you know, there's lots of types of audiences in lots of different places, especially if they're scaled. You know, all those mm -hmm. platforms you mentioned, you know, TikTok, uh, Instagram, YouTube, they have billions of users and there is something, somebody looking for something specific there. Um, you know, LinkedIn and Pinterest are, you know, maybe a little bit smaller, but you know, they still have millions and millions of users. There's probably somebody who's looking for what you want. Um, so, you know, do what you love first. Um, I, I think, you know, what a lot of people struggle with is they say, oh, I want to get on, you know, the next TikTok and be an early adopter of the next TikTok, therefore I'm going to be huge. And it's like, okay, you're intrinsically, like that might work. You know, lots of people got on um, musically five, six years ago before it was TikTok and, you know, we're able to translate that into great success now. Um, but I don't think that's super common. I think it's really difficult for somebody to, as a, as a technology platform, a social media platform, to disrupt the whole industry the way like a TikTok has, for example. Um, so, you know, you should try and find a platform that has at least some level of popularity if you want to have success. Um, you know, if you want to try an early adopter platform, like great, you know, do it. There's lots of them out there, but 99% of them are not going to get scaled audience. Um, so, you know, I think that's important to consider too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Valuable. Um, uh, you mentioned about YouTube. You know, it's interesting that um, 
I started my uh, social media career on YouTube. I know that someone can tell it's more search engine. It doesn't matter. And mm -hmm. uh, what we found on that time that uh, we can use paid ads that you use as well, you know, uh, to grow audience. Yeah, we used paid ads because uh, comparing to uh, Google uh, ads, it doesn't cost a lot. I don't know about today, but at that time the difference uh, was around a hundred times a lot. Yeah, we got a lot of uh, cheap views and uh, grew audience for our uh, Russian YouTube channel. But mm -hmm. when I started uh, filming for my English channel, it, it didn't work. Uh, like <laughs> I, I get results there. Uh, can you tell uh, how to find uh, the right tool to uh, to promote your social media account? Because uh, I often see when uh, if, if it works for uh, some accounts, it doesn't work for other accounts. Because mm -hmm. um, I think yeah, many factors can impact that. Uh, can you tell from your experience how to find the right tools? Sure. Um, I mean, I've seen. Uh a paid media component to growing like early audience work okay and i've seen it not work at all you know similar to you um it can be expensive depending on who you're trying to reach um you know for example uh i think we worked with uh, a star wars account at disney and we were trying to grow it early um and and like we're trying to spend a lot of ad money to like refine a cost per subscriber. And, you know, we were able to do that, but we had to spend a lot of money to like really optimize that campaign and find the right type of ad targeting to reach someone who would actually in be engaging with the content. Um, so for that reason, I think it's, it's a little unapproachable for most early creators. Like not everybody has, $10,000 to try Google ads with. And not everybody has the expertise to, you know, spend that money well, um, because, you know, $10,000 in the hands of an experienced media buyer is going to take you a lot farther than somebody who just signs up for Google ads and, you know, spends it all on accident by overbidding or something. Um, so I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that for creators. What I would recommend is finding tools that help you optimize the content that you do have. Um, so YouTube, for example, um, YouTube's great because like you mentioned, it has that search engine component. So it's, you're not wholly dependent on an algorithm lifting you up. Um, you can optimize content for people who are looking for it. Um, and that's why I really, you know, I love YouTube. I'm a huge advocate for YouTube. Um, and there are tools that help with keyword optimization, um, like, you know, vidIQ or a TubeBuddy. There's tools that YouTube provides themselves, um, like the Creator Academy to help you understand optimization and how do I optimize that content so it can actually be discovered. Um, you know, a big component of that is data, which is, you know, where, where my company comes in. But, you know, there's also free tools provided by each platform for creator analytics. Like, don't be afraid to look at numbers and understand, you know, what is the your typical range of performance? Um, is, you know, a certain type of format that I'm publishing above that normal range of performance? And if the answer to that is yes, you know, make more of that content, especially early. Like, don't be afraid to experiment with your content strategy, look at the numbers and see what's working. Be aggressive about cutting the things that don't work and be aggressive about experimenting with trying to find things that work even better. Um, and then double down on the things you identify that do work. So, um, you know, I see a lot of creators don't necessarily do that. They work on like based on emotion, like, 
I feel like this is a good piece of content. And that's a good one, like make things that you like. But I see a lot of creators saying, okay, this type of person makes this type of content, so I'm gonna make this type of content. But that doesn't really work. That's not, you're not being different. You're not delivering something of unique value to an audience that finds you. You're just adding more to what's already there. And I think that's inherently not a very good strategy. So, you know, like tools like mine, what they do is they help you see that we do that math for you. Like, you know, here's your post that performed better than normal. Here's your posts that perform worse than normal. Um, but people can do that math manually themselves if they're not quite ready to invest in a tool. Yeah, got it. Uh, we have a comment from Chuck German. Uh, I can't skip this comment. Thanks a lot, Chuck. Uh, yeah, you know, we know about Ukraine. Uh, actually, I'm from Ukraine. I left the country. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I donated a lot of my money. Uh, I ask others to help Ukrainians because, yeah, today uh, Ukraine is fighting against uh, the Russian aggression, against Putin uh, to save freedom. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, it's a big pleasure to get such support uh, yeah thanks a lot okay uh yeah uh let's continue with that uh um about um uh, your tool can you tell more uh how your tool can help to find this social media data how we need to learn from this tool for example uh if i check out some new studies about that uh video content works well or live streams works well but uh if i started to do it and uh, i can't uh do it the right way i usually right. fail you know because it's not my direction how to uh find data that will help uh, you or other content creators to go ahead mm -hmm. yeah my approach um to trying to understand if something was successful um, is for people to measure their success against themselves and also to uniquely measure that success depending on the type of content they're publishing. So, you know, what it means to do well on a YouTube live stream is going to be different than what it means to do well on a, just a, a video on demand that you've published on YouTube or for that matter, a photo on Instagram or, you know, an Instagram stories, you know, everything is different. Um, so the, the approach I've taken with the technology we built is to uniquely benchmark each of those things. So, you know, if you normally get, uh, you know, 10,000 views on a, a YouTube video and you publish a video that gets 50,000 views, we're going to highlight that and say, yes, this thing is doing better than normal um, or, you know, conversely worse than normal. Um, but, you know, say you normally get a thousand video views on a live stream um, because, you know, it has a limited amount of time and everything and you get 2000 video views on that live stream, that is also doing better than normal. So it's, you know, it's about highlighting, you know, when you've succeeded beyond like a typical range and understanding, um, you know, then reflecting what, what about that content helped me do that? What did I, did I keyword it differently? Did I talk about different subject matter? Did I change the way it was structured? Um, all of those things come into play. Um, what we do a little bit differently than YouTube Zone tools is we uniquely benchmark every single metric and try and help you tell like a more nuanced story. You know, maybe your video views were higher than normal, but your retention was lower than normal or your dislikes were higher than normal. And it's like, OK, something about the distribution was good. We got more viewership, but also people liked this less. They were less engaged. They watched less of it. They disliked it more. Um, 
And that's something, you know, creators can take away too, is, you know, those softer, more nuanced um, data signals allow you to say, okay, I'm going to take the thing that worked in this example, like good distribution, and I'm going to change the content itself because clearly people were less engaged with it. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a little bit about how we approach it. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, testing is the best approach, you know, because nobody knows what works. Uh, can you tell your opinion about uh, quality versus quantity? For example, for Google, it's important, mm-hmm. high quality content. But yes. uh, uh, I often see when, uh, I don't know, many uh, coaches proclaim that you need to create quality for social media as well. Uh, mm-hmm. It's hard to create uh, a lot of content at scale. And for me, uh, sometimes uh, I don't spend uh, a lot of time, you know, so much time to create content, but I can get high engagement because, uh, I don't know, I play myself, you know, on that point. Yeah. Uh, and uh, for me, quantity is more important because uh, how you can create quality without quantity, it's like practice, it's acting, mm-hmm. you know, you yeah. improve your confidence and go ahead with that. Can you share your opinion? Quality yeah. versus quantity. Yeah. yeah, it's, um, you know, what is quality? is really an interesting question on social media because quality can mean a lot of things. It can mean production value quality. And I think a lot of people think that's what it only means. Um, but it, to me, quality means what are you offering the audience and how much value does that have? You know, the production quality does not have to be like very special. I mean, you know, production quality doesn't have to be any better um, then, you know, what we're doing right now, which is we're sitting in rooms on laptop cameras with, you know, there's no lighting, there's no editing. Um, the quality is what are we talking about and the information that the audience gets from it. Um, and I think a lot of people should focus on that a little bit more than, you know, production value necessarily. Um, you know, always be thinking about like, what are you bringing the audience to the table? Um, and, you know, especially I see this a lot in like the gaming space and other stuff. Like people are trying to live stream playing a video game, you know, three times a day. And, you know, they, they have to be making sure that they're bringing something to the table that's unique and interesting. Are they super funny and have like host qualities like a, like a Markiplier or PewDiePie? Are they super, you know, technical and people want to learn from them and become a better gamer? So they're watching, you know, Ninja or somebody who's like extremely like savvy at actually playing, um, you know, dial that in before you burn yourself out trying to just like hit, win the lottery with content. Because even if you do get a viral hit and you're not bringing that quality, like, you know, something to offer the audience in each, each piece of content you're promoting, you're going to lose those people that you gained. Um, you know, Mr. Beast is great at that. Like every, he's, you know, generating, a lot of unique types of content. He's so he's bringing something fresh to the table, like bigger and bigger and bigger, like productions and stuff. And I don't think that's necessarily sustainable or achievable for, you know, 99% of creators, but the fundamental of him, you know, constantly trying to reinvent the type of content he's making um, while still being entertaining, while still bringing value for like, you know, charitable organizations and lifting up other creators. Like that's, you know, he's obviously being very thoughtful of the value he brings. Um, so yeah, uh, I would say create content at a pace that's healthy for you. Take a break if you need to. Um, if you're focused on platforms that 
are hard to take a break from, like a TikTok that are feed dependent and have kind of low shelf life. You know, maybe think about a platform like YouTube that has a longer shelf life where it's it's more okay to take a little bit of a break. Um, and think about, you know, the value that you bring with the contents. And then, you know, production can come last. Yeah, got it. And, you know, uh, I, uh, I learned a little bit about Mr. Beast. And uh, that was interesting that he started uh, to film in video, uh, filming videos with a uh, web camera. Uh, he actually uh, <laughs> couldn't allow a smartphone or any expensive camera. So, uh, of course, today he has resources, a team who can handle the process. But if you have no any equipment, it's enough. Just smartphone. Yeah, use your smartphone, film videos, uh, create content. Uh, and yeah, uh, it's uh, think more about uh, context. Uh, about information, valuable stuff, share value. And then you can uh, switch to uh, when you have money, when you have resources, you can improve it, you know, your uh, equipment to buy a more expensive camera, uh, to use some tools, you know. But um, yeah, it's better to start from uh, what you have right now and forget mm -hmm. about some expensive stuff. And Mr. Beast is yeah, a great example of, of that. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can you tell uh, more about um, uh, consistency? How do you understand uh, this word uh, and why uh, it's important today to be consistent on social media? Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's there's publishing consistency. There's um, content consistency, and that's you know relative to you know the audience that you have built. Um, so, you know, let's talk about both of those things. So, you know, as you continue to grow your audience, if you're finding some traction and success there, um, they're going to expect certain things from you. Like audiences don't really like to be subscribe or follow you um, and then have you kind of change the type of content you're making in a significant way. Like if you start out and you start a financial um, advice blog or something like that and talk about personal finances a lot. If you start talking about cars, people aren't going to care and they might be turned off enough to, to leave talking about you. So, you know, think about if you're going to like expand the types of things that you're, you're publishing, um, make sure that stuff is aligned with the audience that you've already built. Um, so you're not sacrificing that audience. Now, if, if you have no audience, do whatever you want, like change, change things up because, you know, you're trying to figure out how to grow that audience. Um, but later, it's something to be sensitive about. And I've seen people shift content strategies or try new things that are just a little bit too out there and, and fail, unfortunately. Um, in terms of publishing consistency, I think, you know, while, you, while it's early, especially you're trying to grow an audience, it's good to, you know, have a regular cadence. Um, I don't think that has to be every day or every hour. But it should, you know, you should continue to like bring value to your, the audience that you, that you have um, if you want them to stay engaged with you. And if they stop engaging with you, that can like send some negative signals to, you know, algorithms and, and be promoted less, et cetera. Um, it might, you know, harm your ability to be reached later. That being said, you know, I, again, I really advocate for platforms that allow you to take a break. Like, you know, my wife. For example, you know, she, I, like I mentioned, she's not publishing on YouTube right now, but she gets long tail viewership from all of her other videos, continues to get, you know, some ad revenue, continues to get new subscribers. 
And when she's ready, she'll publish another video. It'll be, you know, aligned with her type of content and she'll probably get, you know, more followers. I don't think that she'll be punished for that. Whereas like, if you just stop publishing on TikTok, that's probably just about it. Like <laughs> nobody's going to find you. Um, so, you know, be consistent with the type of stuff you're making and, and try and be consistent in a healthy way with what you're, how often you're publishing. Yeah. Yeah. Great advice. I think, uh, it depends on priorities. I think your wife has other priorities. That's okay. Yeah. You know, um, it's hobby, only hobby, you know, <laughs> about YouTube, uh, probably if you bring, uh, more than hobby, you know, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think if you have other priorities and social media is not yours, that's okay. You know, just go with, with something that works for you, you know, yeah. Uh, I, I often see when uh, someone can tell me I, ha I has no I have no time. That's okay. Yeah, uh, take another one. Just go ahead. Uh, but if you love uh, social media, if you like spending time, if you enjoy the process, just go ahead with that. Yeah, it's more about hobby. Okay, uh, and we have the question about um, mm -hmm, how to manage and analyze uh, mm -hmm. social media when we have unstructured information. Yeah. Uh, it's a great question, um, and it's it's a challenging task, especially for people who are trying to get started with data, because data is very different, and in terms of the how each platform approaches it, the availability of that data is also very different. You know, if if you start a YouTube channel tomorrow, um, YouTube is going to give you daily data for every single one of your videos, basically forever. But if you start an Instagram account and you look at that data you're going to see, you know, a six month old video and it's going to give you, you know, totals of how many, you know, impressions it got or video views it got. But if you're trying to say like, Hey, how did this compare to this new piece of content I published? You're only getting a total for like, you know, how many impressions has this post gotten so far? Um, so, you know, the free tools you get kind of vary in terms of like what they deliver and make it a little bit hard for people to understand them. Um, the other thing that's important to understand is, is while the different platforms might have really similar naming structures for data points, they are not the same. Um, so video view is a great example of this. So a video view on TikTok, for example, is basically somebody saw this. They could have seen it for you know half a second in the feed and then it's gone. Um, a video view on Instagram and Facebook is, is about three seconds. So somebody stopped, they watched it for at least a, a little bit and considered whether or not they wanted to watch the rest. And a video view on YouTube is not published information. We don't really know what a, a view on YouTube is. It's probably around a minute, but it can depend on, you know, the length of the content, um, what is actually considered a video view. So, you know, educating yourself and understanding the differences between those things can also help you have a little bit more mental structure about how to use that data. Um, but fundamentally, the way that, that I approach using data, again, is to try and compare performance of a single piece of content to, you know, my other pieces of content in an apples to apples kind of way. So like, let's say we're looking at the first seven days of performance for like a new Instagram post. And most of my posts get 10,000 impressions. Great. My new post after seven days got 20,000. I now know that, okay, this did twice as good as I normally tend to perform um, on this post in this initial like viewership time period. Let me diagnose, let's use that data as a signal to think about 
from a content strategy perspective, what worked about this? Um, so that's you know what my tool Measure Studio helps you do. It um, automates that process um, because it can be you know you don't get that daily data on Instagram um, or TikTok or other places, um, and you maybe you're not necessarily super into statistics or maths and, and you don't want to do the legwork of downloading that data, putting it in a spreadsheet and calculating this stuff. Um, you know, so there's, there are tools out there like ours that can then help make that a little bit lighter load. Yeah. Okay, guys, you can find the link to this tool in the description below. Uh, use it, test it. <laughs> uh, and we have the question about uh, difference consistency and frequency. Can you tell mm -hmm. more about that? Thanks. Nina. Yeah. Um, you know, taking it back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, um, you know, people, I've seen accounts, people publish ludicrous amounts of times daily. Like, you know, sometimes they'll just repurpose content they don't own and publish 30 times a day, 50 times a day in some sort of like automated way and think like, oh, okay, one of these is going to go viral because it went viral on some other platform and I'm gonna grow a subscriber base and an audience. Um, it doesn't really work. Like it can kind of work in certain respects. Like maybe you'll get some attention and then retool that account around something else. And, you know, basically, you know, when you're trying to take a shortcut to early audience growth, you've built your house on a foundation of, you know, uh, straw. Right, you uh, <laughs> you don't know who's watching. You don't really have a a sense that they're engaged with the type of stuff that you want to create. Um, so, I would my advice would be, you know, if people are trying to take a shortcut to having some level of audience uh, growth, um, to not necessarily say, oh, I need to publish a. Uh, as much as I can forever. It's really just thinking, you know, about that qualitative aspect. Like, what are you bringing to the table? Why would somebody want to watch this? Um, why would they want to watch, come back and watch it again? Um, and I think focusing on that is, is going to get you better results. Obviously you have to publish a little bit, um, you know, try and be active. I would say, you know, try and publish once a week. Um, if you can do more, great. But, you know, if you can't, or if it's hard for you mentally, don't, do it like there's lots and lots of people who burn out and feel you know emotional validation through the number of likes they got or the number of views they got that's not what social media should be although it's, it's really engineered to be you know send those dopamine signals um you know think about social media like a business like what is my how much is it going to cost me to make a piece of content and what is my return on that piece of content? And how am I gonna maximize the return on each individual piece of content? Not how am I going to spend more money making more content? Um, so like keep, stay entrepreneurial with how you think about production. Yeah, you know, we have international audience, guys. <laughs> Please share in the comments, where are you from? It's interesting because uh, I've seen a few comments like that. Yeah, just want to know <laughs> to learn my audience <laughs> who uh, are uh, watching and listening my podcast. Please uh, comment. Uh, and, uh, you know, I want to share my insights about consistency. Uh, for example, um, uh, I usually post every single day and I share my time. Uh, for example, I can uh, spend 
uh, two, three hours a day just creating content. Uh, and uh, I spend additional uh, a few hours a day uh, engaging with others. I usually comment on other uh, posts. Uh, just uh, share, bring additional value because uh, how I can grow my audience, uh, just uh, open related posts and uh, bring additional value to their posts. Uh, I don't uh, comment like thank you great post it doesn't work no you need to bring additional value uh, when uh, you can help others they open your profile and can follow you simple and uh, it's my consistency i know uh, if i don't do it uh, i couldn't grow but it depends on your goals if your goal is not to grow on social media and you have other priorities, that's okay. You know, you can use uh, less than me uh, and uh, just go ahead with your priorities because many businesses, uh, uh, big businesses uh, can uh, get uh, a lot of revenue, you know, big revenue and they have no social media presence. That's okay. You know, so you need to choose your priorities. If your priorities uh, grow on social media, yeah, just spend some time and uh, for example uh, uh, i think it's better to post as maximum as possible it's my strategy uh, if you post a lot uh, you can uh, get more results engagement even you can repost uh, uh, the same content because it's social media you can duplicate your content and it works well so just uh, uh, and um, uh, can you tell more about learning uh, uh, your audience for example if i know my audience how do i know what kind of uh, content they want to get how i can help them support them and share value yeah that's a great question um you know it's always good to especially early while you're growing a social media um, account to engage with the audience as much as possible um, a big part of that is making content that inherently has some level of audience participation in it um, and, you know, content that's conversational. Um, so, you know, this podcast is a great example of that. You know, we're highlighting audience questions on the screen. Um, people are encouraged to comment in. We'll respond to them. So, you know, they are part of creating that content. Um, there's lots of types of content formats that, uh, you know, lend themselves well to this. You know, on Instagram or LinkedIn, you can do polling, for example. You could say, hey, you know, what type of video do you want to see next? Or what do you think about this topic? I'm thinking about you know, this in general, you know, do you like this? Do you like that? Um, you can engage with people directly in comments, you know, tag them, um, ask them questions, respond to their comments, um, try and build relationships with them, um, respond to your DMs. Um, you know, the, these are all really effective things because people like to connect with you as a creator. Um, a lot of people are, you know, they reach out to creators um, you know, in a sociable way, like they want to be your friend. And if, if you're friendly back, um, those types of people can be your strongest advocates. They can recommend you to their friends. They can share your content on their, their accounts. And, you know, that really increases your distribution, um, and value. So, you know, it's, again, part of bringing value to people isn't, you know, it's, it's bringing value in the content, but it can also be bringing value in relationships. Um, and, and building those relationships with people is key. Um, something my business partner likes to say is uh, your, your network is your net worth, in effect. And, um, you know, if you build that really strong relationships with that, that early audience, um, they're going to help build the value of your social media account. Yeah, great. Okay, I have the last question. Your predictions about social media. 
where mm-hmm. we need to pay more attention in the future you know if we have uh i don't know like a long playing strategy uh mm-hmm. and uh do we need to pay attention with one social media or it's better to uh cover many so uh, many other platforms uh, social yeah. media yeah your predictions Great question. Um, I, I would say, you know, multi-platform distribution is definitely key. You don't want to marry one platform. If you're having success and growing on one platform, use that as a springboard to grow on other platforms because platforms come and go. Like uh, a lot of people got really big on Vine and where did it go? <laughs> it uh, doesn't even exist anymore. Um, and, you know, there's there's been a few cases like that in social media. So understand that social media is not permanent, even for the largest players. Like Facebook is losing users in the United States. Um, it's a huge company. A lot of people think maybe it's too big to fail, but it has, you know, an aging uh, user base. That user base is starting to kind of peak and decline. Um, you know, you're going to see that happen. You're going to see that happen on Instagram. You're going to see that happen on TikTok. There's always going to be something new. So you have to be in numerous places. There's great tools like, you know, we're using StreamYard right now. And, and you know, I'm sure live streaming in a few different places. So like mm-hmm. syndicating in multiple places, it can be very beneficial. Um, what's even better than that is really owning your audience. How do you build a direct relationship with your audience that is not, you know, requiring a social media platform to distribute your content? And there's great ways to do that too. Um, email newsletters are a fantastic way to do that, where you end up right in their inbox. Um, if you can build an email newsletter list and send people, you know, content that you newly published on different places in social media that monetize highly, like YouTube, you're not dependent on YouTube to show them that. You're, you know, you're going directly to them. Um, there's platforms that allow you to send, you know, text messages directly. Uh, text messages have probably the highest open rate of any digital communication. If you can get people to subscribe to a text message service for you, um, you are not going, they're not going to miss a piece of content you publish. You know, you can publish one YouTube video a week and go right into their, their, their phone and they're going to tap that and view it. Um, Patreon. Also super helpful, you know, if you have a direct paid relationship with your content or if you're selling an online video course or something like or a product, anything where you are directly monetizing and another, you know, you're not dependent on getting a million views on something on social media in order to make money um, is also very helpful. You can monetize a a pretty small niche audience um, very well without necessarily, you know, like YouTube ads, for example, can be a very small part of, you know, your overall earning strategy. Um, So definitely diversify your revenue streams, diversify the platforms you're publishing to, and always try and get a direct line to your audience that isn't dependent on Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I guess in terms of like wider predictions, you know, what's going to happen with social media, I think, you know, as a, a global society, we're seeing reactions against um, digital gatekeepers. Um, I think, um, you know, people are not super satisfied with the way platforms are governed on, um, you know, on Twitter on and Facebook in particular, but also sometimes with YouTube. Um, we have an interesting situation with TikTok where um, I would say by the numbers, 
there there's evidence that some of the engagement is manipulated um, by you know the owner. I you know I can't say that for sure or anything like that. Um, but you know there's been like privacy concerns about like you know what that app can do when it's on your phone and other things too. Um, so we're seeing kind of like a big tech overreach. And I think, you know, we will see new social media platforms in um, in response to that, perhaps based on, you know, blockchain technology where, you know, the governance of those platforms is um, more democratized and depends on the users rather than um, a big policy shift from, from a Google or a Facebook or someone like that. Um, I think we're pretty far away from something like that, though. I think it's, you know, it's very challenging for new platforms to emerge. Um, I think many people are inherently skeptical of blockchain technology due to its association with um, some not great cryptocurrency things like cryptocurrency scams or cryptocurrency hacks or things like that. Um, but I think the future will be more creator oriented, like the creator will directly monetize that audience instead of sharing that monetization with a platform. Um, I think creators will continue to try and allow audiences to invest in the content they're making. And if you see a lot of those kind of early blockchain social media platforms focused on, you know, how does the audience fund production? Like, you know, is there a future where Mr. Beast followers pay for some crazy video that he makes because um, he, like he has an idea, it requires $10 million in funding. He farms it out, you know, people purchase, uh, you know, shares in that piece of content and it goes, it gets a couple billion video views or something crazy like that. And they have, you know, ownership and perpetuity of that. So, you know, that ties into, you know, does the audience have an ability to participate not just in, you know, the content itself by commenting or interacting with the creator, but also participate on the financial end of things, you know, could, could the audience co-own creation? And I think that's a really cool idea. I don't think the execution of it is there yet. Um, but I think something like that will happen at some point. Um, but anyway, that's, that's my, yeah. <laughs> Great sharing. Yeah. Valuable. Okay. Thanks a lot, Thomas. Thanks for your time. A big pleasure to learn from you. Uh, I want to uh, uh, say thank you to Nina uh, because he asked a lot of great questions uh, and uh, he also shares opinions. Thanks a lot for your time, you know, and thanks everyone who uh, was watching our live stream. Uh, listen to us on Google, Apple, Spotify. Uh, welcome anytime, Thomas. I, uh, yeah, uh, a lot of great insights and uh, see you next time. Perfect. I really appreciate you have inviting me to participate. And uh, yeah, thanks to everybody commenting. Um, you know, Nina, Misbal, um, Udea, you know, everyone, really great questions and comments. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.